Welcome to the Restore Church Sermons Podcast. We're so glad you joined us here today. We hope that through this message, you are encouraged, challenged, and strengthened. If you want to know more about Jesus, Restore Church, or have any questions, please head to restorechurch.com.au. Well, welcome. Welcome to church, uh, this gathering of believers. I'm excited for what God wants to do this morning in us. And today we get to be kicking off this series on prayer. Who's excited for that? Who's excited for, to step in, to push in, to prayer, to talk about the meaning of prayer, the power of prayer? So we're going to do that this morning. Um, there was a, a little boy, uh, two little boys, and they went to bed, and the grandmother comes in like, all right, it's time to pray. So the little boy prays, all right, dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Pray you bless mommy and daddy, and then I have a great night's sleep. And then he yells out, and I pray that I get a new bicycle for Christmas. Amen. And then he, he goes to sleep, and... And the grandma leaves the room and the brother says, why do you yell? You don't need to yell. God's not deaf. He's like, I know, but grandma is. <laughs> so today we're talking about prayer and uh, we're going to be stepping in and pushing into that. I'm excited. Um, you know, prayer is, is simply, prayer is just talking to God. That's as basic as it gets. So if you don't know what prayer is, you don't know what this is about. It's just simply talking with God. And, and it gets a, it's as easy as that. It's not a complicated thing. It's not something that you have to have all the right words to say. Prayer is just communicating with God, just being real with Him and telling Him what's on your heart. I love the way it says this in Matthew 6. Um, Matthew 6, Jesus is talking and He says, When you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people make a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense His grace. Isn't that beautiful? It's a message in case you're wondering. It's not the King James. There is no trick into getting your, your prayers right or into praying a certain way or getting God to do something for you. Prayer is just... Simple and it's real and it's just genuine communicating with God, just talking to Him. So I encourage you, if you haven't prayed before, if you haven't really tried that or you haven't really stepped in, I encourage you today. Like you don't even have to know much about who He is, but you can actually talk to God. You can start to communicate with Him. The God of the universe, the God who created everything is actually listening and He wants to talk and communicate with you. And so you, I encourage you today to find a place, just a quiet place where you don't have to worry about what anyone else is thinking. We don't have to try and do it a certain way or worry too much about what you're saying, that you can just start talking with God, just being real before Him. It's so, so much less to do with what we're actually saying and so much more to do with what's on our heart. It's not about the words, it's about our hearts. So why are we doing this series on prayer? Why, why are we talking about this? Well, it kind of started with Adrian and I were discussing and, and we realized that we probably haven't been prioritizing prayer as much as we should. It's, we realize that sometimes, you know, um, we can be focused on strategy and we can be focused on meetings, we can be focused on planning and we can be focused just on keeping everything running, right? But, but sometimes we, we kind of just, prayer is just like this thing we do at the end of everything or the thing that you do when you're just trying to fill an awkward space between the worship or it can be whatever. And so, and we don't want it to be that. We realize that prayer isn't just an add-on to what we do, but prayer is so essential in an, in an incredible move of God. We don't want to settle for less here at Restore Church. We actually want to see God move like He never has before. Does anyone want to see that? 
We want to see God move in incredible ways. We want to see the impossible happen. And, and that's what prayer does. If prayer, prayer takes you from what's possible, from the realm of what's possible, from the realm of what's normal. And it shifts you into a place of the impossible, a place where miracles happen. And prayer is the thing that's going to take us there. And if we want to see that, we've got to pray like never before. We've got to push in like never before. We've got to ask and to seek God's face and hunger after Him like never before. This doesn't come just out of, out of strategy and great ideas. This comes out of, a, out of a heart for God, a hunger for God. And we want to see that happen here at Restore Church. I realize that uh, prayer, prayer actually is this thing that, that changes things, it changes circumstance. It's not something that's meaningless. It's not something that we just do because God wants us to or whatever. It's actually something that will, will shift things. As you read through scriptures, you see that, that people's lives were changed because they prayed. From cover to cover, it's just people praying and seeking God, and He answers, and He comes through. It's, it's always this, this communicating, this talking with God, and God answering, and God doing incredible things on earth. Prayer shifts not just our circumstances, but prayer shifts us. It begins to change our hearts. It begins to change who we are. It begins to change our thoughts. It, it builds our faith. You know, so much of the time when I'm repeating myself in prayer, it's not because God's not listening or because God wants to hear me say it a billion times, but it's actually because it's building my faith internally. The more that I say it, the more that I start to believe what I'm saying, the more that I start to, to, to agree with what I'm saying, and I'm getting more faith to, to pray that into existence. Faith, faith builds, and we begin to shift as we pray. So we don't want this church just to be operating at, at ground level. We don't want it just to be operating down at this what's possible level. We want to see Restore Church operating at, at the level of what's impossible, in, in the realm of miracles, in the realm of... You know, the wild space, the wild place of God where, where he moves and where he's real and where he's stirring. We want to see that in this place. Does anyone else want to see that? I'm seeing just a lot of blank stares like, hmm, I don't know. We've got to get excited for this. We've got to get hungry for this. We've got to want this. It won't just happen. I think so much of the time, the reason we don't step into these places is not because we're in a, in a bad place where we're desperate for God, but because we're actually in a place where we're just comfortable, where we're actually quite okay with the way things are right now. And it's like, if we, if we want to go to the next level, we've actually got to want it. We've got to push for it. We've got to say, I don't want to just take what's normal. I don't want to take what's just comfortable right now. I want to, I want to go further. I want to see God move. And we want to see that here at church, at, at this place where we gather at, at, in this community. Prayer is the way we get our hearts there. If you read through the Bible, you see so many examples of people that, that prayed and their circumstances were changed. Uh, you've got Hannah in the Bible who, who in 1 Samuel, she was infertile, she couldn't have kids and she prays and she asks God and she continues to pray and God answers her prayer and she gives birth to Samuel and she actually gives birth to five kids after that. We, we see in, the, in uh, the book of Acts, Peter, one of the disciples, he's in prison and, and the church holds, like a, uh, holds a prayer meeting for him and they start praying that he would be released from prison and this angel comes and he finds Peter in prison and he leads him out and he walks him straight into the prayer meeting where they're praying. Like, imagine that prayer meeting. You're praying for something to happen. You, you look up, you're like, oh, flip. Whoa, he's here. Like, what? That's cool. It's like a direct result of prayer. It was awesome. You know, there's this time uh, in 1 Kings where Jerusalem's under siege and, and, and they're getting attacked and Hezekiah prays. And God wipes out 85,000 of their men and just wipes out the army and the, 20, and the rest of them just, just take off because they're, they're afraid, they're freaked out. Like, what a way to win a battle. You just pray and just like, boom, there it goes. Crazy. Prayer, prayer does things. Prayer, prayer shifts things. Prayer makes the impossible happen. Prayer, prayer lets us get to this place where we remember who God is and what He wants to do. 
We stop operating out of what we can do and we start operating out of what he wants to do through us. God wants to move in this place. You know, one of the things I can think of uh, in my life, one example of, uh, uh, of where prayer really came through was this time Hannah and I were in, in YWAM, which is Youth with a Mission. So we, were, um, we did three months of kind of intensive training of just, uh, of, yeah, just kind of training in missionary stuff and Bible and all of that stuff. And so we spent three months doing that and then we spent two months on mission, just serving in another country. And so... Um, but during this intensive time, this, this training, uh, we had to raise finances to go on this, this two-month mission trip. And so um, Hannah and I had, had already kind of planned this out before we went. We kind of done all the, the budgeting. We worked out how much we needed. We worked out that if we do it this way, if we go on this trip and, then, and we do all of this, that we're going to still have enough when we come back that we'll still have a bit of savings in the bank. So, you know, we're not just at zero when we get back home. And so we, we'd kind of done all this planning and tried to be as wise as we could. But then when we got over there, a few things happened. The American dollar was really, really um, well, strong, I guess. So our dollar was really weak. So we actually, like, so much of our money was just gone right there, just in the exchange. Um, and then the mission, which was supposed to, to cost between, like, 2000 and 4000 or something dollars, was, like, 6000 each. And we were like, we did not have that kind of money. Um, and so we were... Straight away, we're like, what are we going to do? Like, we don't have this. So, so we started praying. And I'd been reading this book um, called God Smuggled by Brother Andrew. Anyone read that book? Crazy story. And so in this story, he's, um, he's, he's in this place with God, and he, and he feels like God is challenging him not to ask for a single dollar from anyone, but just to pray and ask God. Because God is, is our loving Father, right? He's the King of all kings. He is the, he is the one who owns everything. He is the God of unlimited resources. And if we are his children, we should just be able to ask him and trust that he can provide for us. And so it comes out of this place of faith. So I was reading through this, and, and, and you see in this story that, that he never asks anyone for a single penny, but God continues to just bring money right when he needs it, and he has more than enough. And so I, and I felt like God was challenging me in this place. I don't want you to ask anyone for money. I want you just to pray and ask me. And, um, and so I talked with Hannah about it. I wasn't just going to say, you know, we're doing it this way. But so we talked about it, Hannah felt the same, and so um, everyone else on the team kind of sent out letters to everyone they could think of, just asking if they could support them, GoFundMe's, all that stuff was happening, and, and they were really encouraging us to do it, and I was like, I think we just got to really trust God in this space. And so we didn't send out anything, so we, we wanted to take a step of faith first, so we put our money in, we put in everything we had, so our bank was at zero dollars, and that freaked me right out. Like, to see that, it was like, oh gosh, like this is, that's it. I'm all in, like I've got nothing left, and that was scary, and so we did that, and, and then we just prayed, and I continued to pray, and in that one week, we had all the money come through. I think we, we had like 4,000, 5,000 US dollars come into our bank account in one week, and I've never, ever received any money from anyone for no reason, and in one week, we get all of it. You know, we had my, my uh, uh, friend of ours who, who had borrowed money from me a long time ago, like 10 years ago who had who'd borrowed about two grand, and I just kind of left it. I was like, he's probably not going to pay me back. It's fine. I don't, I'm just going to kind of leave that. He contacted me and said, hey, I just got a new job, and I just got a big payout, and I just want to pay back that loan. I thought he'd forgotten about it. I was like, sweet. So that came in, and Hannah's um, auntie, who uh, just, just randomly messages us and is like, hey, I just, was, just want to send you this money, and she sent us like 2,000 US dollars, and we're like, 
Okay, thank you. And like, it just kind of kept coming in, just different things. This guy who was at our old church who I'd met like one time said he was like there and he, he came into some money and he just felt like um, that God wanted him to give it to someone. He didn't want it for himself. He wanted to give it to someone. And our name came up at church. I think they were praying for us as we were away. And he's like, that's who I'm going to send it to. And so he sent it to us. And we're like, I don't even know this bloke. But all this stuff just came through in one week just through the power of prayer. Like, that's why I love that story, because there was nothing that I did except pray. There was no other way that was going to happen except that God performed a miracle for us. And there's story after story in my life of how prayer has changed things. Prayer has, has, has opened up the impossible to happen in my life. That it could just be little things, and it could be big things. I always pray for a parking space when I go into a parking lot. Does anyone else do that? My grandma one time told me off because she said I shouldn't pester God with little trivial things like that. But... Um, but I do, and, and when I get a parking space, it builds my faith just a little bit more. I remember praying with an unsaved friend of mine in the car, um, and I said, like, we're, pre- we're going around for ages, could not find a spot. I was like, oh, I haven't prayed. And he's like, yeah, yeah, right. So I was like, dear God, just give us a good parking space. And straight away, beachfront, like this guy just pulls out, and we pull in. He's like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> it's an awesome testimony. So don't be afraid to pay, pray for a parking space. I believe that prayer is such a crucial part of what it means to follow Jesus. Prayer is so critical. This isn't something you just do if you're gifted. This isn't something you do if you have enough time. This isn't something that is less important than reading the Bible. Prayer is so crucial to walking with Jesus, to being His church. Prayer is essential. We want to spark something fresh in ourselves and in this community as we go through this series on prayer. And I hope that it sparks some faith in you. I hope that it ignites a hunger in you to pray and pray like you've never prayed before. Imagine if we were a community of believers who were all so hungry after God together, praying and seeking His face. Every single person in this room praying for the same things together. That's powerful. That's exciting. And God wants that for this community. So we're going to focus on this over the next few weeks. Adrian's going to be speaking next week, and I'm going to speak again the week after, and we're just going to kind of see where this thing goes. We're going to be teaching on, on prayer, what that means, different types of prayer, and, and all of that stuff. Just make it as simple as possible. This isn't a complicated thing. We're excited about this new season. I really feel like God is doing something in this church. I really feel like something is stirring. Something is, is happening, and, and we're just starting to kind of tap into something new. And I don't know if you could sense that too, but this is an exciting time to be at Restore Church. Something, something is about to burst in this place. Something fresh is about to happen. And we get to witness it and we get to pray it into being. And so I'm excited about this and I hope you are too. But today, before we kind of finish, I just want us to turn our Bibles to Luke 18. Luke chapter 18, if you got that. Does anyone remember those um, WWJD bands? Yeah, did anyone have one? Like two people, wow, I thought they were like way more popular, okay. I remember those, when I was a young person, everyone in youth group had one, like they were the coolest thing. I think it's so funny because it's like, now if we tried to sell them at youth group, no one would wear them, unless they said like Gucci or something, I don't know, but it's so funny how much things have changed. That used to actually be cool back then, but I used to have one that said frog, it was a green one, and it just like to anyone else, it's like, okay, that guy loves frogs. But it said, it meant fully rely on God. And that was the reminder, fully rely on God. Okay, I've got that. And uh, I remember when I used to wear them until they just fell off. And uh, that was like the challenge. It's like, I've had this one on for like two months, man. And you'd like challenge each other. And some kids would have like a billion. They'd have like 80 of them on their wrists and it looked really weird and they'd have weird tan lines. But 
I never did that, just me, just one. That's all I needed. And uh, I had this black one, and it said PUSH on it. P-U-S-H, and that stood, does anyone know what that stands for? Yeah, very good. You're so good, Christians. Pray until something happens. That didn't even, that wasn't even grammatically, grammatically correct. I'm in, I'm in trouble today. I've had like zero sleep this week. Sorry, guys. But I had one that said PUSH on it, right? And it said pray until something happens. And so today, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the power of PUSH, the power of PUSH. Uh, in Luke 18, we're just going to read through this, verse 1 to 8. Uh, one day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Can you say that with me? Always pray and never give up. There you go. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him uh, repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care for people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. Don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? To pray and never give up. Like, what a crazy story, right? And I love that Jesus gives this example of someone who is basically the opposite of him. This guy who's unjust, he doesn't care about people, he doesn't give a rip, but this lady just continues to nag him, so he gives in and he gives her what she wants. And he says, how much more, if this guy doesn't even care about people, how much more the guy who created people for a loving relationship, how much more is he not going to want to listen to you when you're praying and you're seeking his face? God wants to answer our prayers. He wants to, it says here that he will grant justice to them quickly. And then he leaves with this challenge. How many will he find on the earth who have faith? I think that's kind of a, of a trick there. Like sometimes I think we pray and then we don't see anything happen, and so we lose faith. And Jesus is saying, how many people will I find that continue to pray and they don't lose faith? Where they still have that faith inside them that God is going to answer. I think in this, in this time, in this, this day, we have this thing called the instant generation, and we've talked about that a bit. We live in this time where you can go to McDonald's and have food for your entire family in about five minutes, and you can go to whatever, you can go through a drive-through and they can wash your car in about six minutes, you can want to watch any movie in the world and you can watch it in a matter of seconds with like two clicks. Like we live in this place where everything is instant. We can have anything almost any time we want. That I don't even have to leave my house in order to get food. I can Uber Eats it and it'll come to my door within like quicker than the time it would take me to drive there and go pick it up. It's like we live in this crazy world where everything is so instant where we don't have to wait for anything, right? And I think this has actually crippled us when it comes to prayer. It's actually crippled us when we come to prayer because, because we are just wanting to see instant results. We just want to pray, God, and then it happens. But it doesn't always work like that. God is so, teaching us so much through the process and through the persistence of prayer. And, and so I think sometimes we can lose faith because we're not seeing it happen as quickly as we'd like. Does anyone relate to that? A few shy hands going up. How many people have prayed something once and then you've been disappointed that it didn't happen? right? And when you think about it later, you're like, I only really prayed for that once. And it wasn't even like a real prayer. It was just like, 
Dear God, I pray this thing will happen. Amen. And you just kind of keep going. And it's like, and then it doesn't happen. You're like, pray our prayer doesn't work. I prayed for that thing. It didn't happen. But it's like, how bad do you really want it if you're not willing to fight for it? How bad do you want it if you're not even willing to give it your full attention? God wants to teach us through persistent prayer that, 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 God, that things will shift. God wants to change things. James 5 verse 16 says, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great, great power. It doesn't say that. It says great power and produces wonderful results. Great power and produces wonderful results. I've been reading a book called Push, which is funny. It's the same title, and it's, it's about praying until something happens, and it's by a guy named Jürgen Matesius, and we've been reading it um, as our youth leadership team about the power of prayer. And it's, we're just doing one chapter at a time, so it's going to take us a year to get through it. And you might think that's crazy. That's a long time to get through a book, but we, we, we really want to focus this year on prayer. We want to make that such a, such a key part of what we do at Restore Youth, and so we've been focusing on this. And in this book, he, he's talking about, about prayer, and he's talking about this verse, James 5, and he says, if there's a prayer that avails much, if there's a prayer that makes a lot happen, then there's also a prayer that avails little, right? There's also prayers that don't do that much at all. And he says, if you take that verse and you apply antonyms to it, right, it says this, the lethargic, passive, disinterested prayers of a sinful or compromising man avail little. The lethargic, passive, disinterested prayers of a sinful or compromising man avails very little. I'll be honest with you, a lot of the time, my prayers are pretty lethargic. My prayers are pretty disinterested, half-hearted, passive. And then I somehow get surprised when I'm not seeing stuff happen, right? But what if we were to, to take this up to actually seek God's face earnestly, to actually give our, our undivided attention to God and to His kingdom and to what He's wanting to do, to actually pray wholeheartedly, and not just to pray once, but to continue to pray until we see something shift, until we see something happen. I think a lot of us don't like this thought, a lot of us don't like this idea, because we don't like the idea that somehow we're actually responsible for how effective our prayers can be. That's challenging. It's kind of scary. It's like, wow, there's actually a lot in my hands. And I think there is. I think God is loves us so much that He has given us so much at our fingertips. He's given us so much ability. He's given us so much that, that we have access to, but, but some of us don't step into it. And, and some of us get discouraged, and so we choose not to step into it, and we just leave this, this powerful thing just lying there, even though we have this, this direct access to God who can change things. I've been challenged that maybe I don't always pray and give God the time and energy that I should. I don't know about you guys. I know that sometimes if someone sends out a text or wants me to pray for them, you know, you just, you're on the move and you just kind of, God, I just pray that you just come for that person this time, amen. And it's like, I barely gave that my attention, like I kind of gave half a thought to it. I, I gave it maybe like 10 seconds. I gave it like whatever, and, and, and then if nothing happens, it's, it's just kind of like I'm almost checking off a box or something, right? Just I say that I've prayed. But it's like that prayer is just like almost a total waste of time because I'm not really in it. Because it's not about what I say, it's about my heart. It's about, about how I'm communicating with God. It's about am I really actually wanting to talk with Him? Am I actually really wanting to, to be in His presence in that moment? Or am I just rattling off some words so something will happen? Right? Um, I, I was hoping Hannah would still be here. Oh, she's up the back. Great. Awesome. Because um, I've just got an embarrassing story for her. So always like her to be there for those. Um, so one night, uh, a few years back, I got 
we got back, I got back from youth late, and this was back when we were out of Kenta, so like 20 minutes from here. So we drove out, and we only had one house key at the time, so I was like, Hannah, make sure you leave the door open for me. She's like, yeah, yeah, sure thing. And most of the time, she was pretty good at it. I get to the front door, I'm like, oh, it's locked, great. And so I run around the back, and, and as I go around the back, the, the neighbors have like these three massive dogs, like bull mastiffs or something like that, like big dogs. And so they, uh, I run around, and when it's dark and they can't see, they can hear something, but they can't see it properly, they just start going crazy. And so I run around the back, and I'm trying to go quickly so the dogs don't go too, too nutso. Um, and this is the time when Lydia was a newborn, so I was trying to be quiet-ish because I didn't want her to wake up because we weren't even sleeping that much and blah, blah, blah. So I run in, back door, it's locked. I'm like, great. So I run back around the front, row, 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 and uh, I get around the front. The window to our bedroom is actually open, but it only opens this much. And so the screen's there. It's a warm night. Hannah's got the breeze coming in. It's lovely. And so I'm like, Hannah, Hannah. And she's not listening, nothing. I'm like, Hannah, Hannah. And then I'm like starting to think, is everything all right? And then I'm just, Hannah. And I'm like yelling at her. And then I start thinking the neighbors are like next door and they're probably thinking I've been kicked out because I've been a bad boy and now... So I've got all this going on, and I'm like, I don't want them to think we're having a fight. And, and so I'm like, Hannah. And I'm just like trying to say it nicely. <laughs> and then it sounds like I'm begging to come inside. Like, Hannah, I love you, sweetie, darling. Over the door. And so uh, I'm locked outside, and I'm le- and nothing, absolutely nothing. And there's a newborn baby in the room, and not even crying anything. I'm just like, so then my mind starts going to bad places, right? I'm like, oh, flip. Like, they've been kidnapped. Or I'm thinking she's like falling over and like hit her head and she's unconscious on the floor and then I'm like, I've got to get inside. And so, um, so I couldn't get through that window so I run around the back again rum, 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 and, I, and I try and open up the, the window above one of the spare rooms and I'm trying to crawl in through it and the dogs are going nuts. And so now I'm like, the neighbours are going to come out and they're going to see this dark figure trying to climb through a window and they're gonna, I'm pretty sure he has a gun and he'll probably like... Ch-ch-ch. And... Uh, and so I leave that window. I'm like, this is stupid. So I run back around the front again, and I manage, like, there's this kind of ledge, and then there's a window just kind of overhanging nothing. And so I kind of manage to slide this one open. I'm like, yes. And so I pull the screen off, and it kind of breaks. Don't tell the landlords. And, um, and I manage to shimmy across this ledge and, like, fall into the window. And I get inside. I'm like, thoop, 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 off the couch. And I'm like, oh, I'm in. And so I go up to the bedroom, and I open the door, and they're both just sleeping peacefully. And I was like, part of me was just like, oh, I'm relieved. And then Hannah rolls over, and this is what she says. She rolls over, and she says, babe, you're always so loud when you come in. <laughs> Never in my life I wanted to strangle someone and hug someone at the same time. And uh, I, was, I wanted to yell at her right there. I was locked outside. But uh, I was like, oh, you're going to hear about this in the morning, I'll tell you. Oh, dear. It was a fun time. This, this, story, oh, this story does have a, a point to it. Um, you see, sometimes I feel like we come to a situation in our lives and the door is shut, the door is locked, right? And unfortunately, a lot of us, especially Christians, we come to this point and the door is shut on whatever this circumstance may be and we say, well, that's not God's will for me and we just leave it there, right? If I had done that, if I had said, oh, well, guess I'm not supposed to be inside tonight and I went and slept in my car, you'd all think, you're an idiot, right? Because what was in that house, that's my house, what is inside that house belongs to me, and I knew I needed to get inside. And so I wanted to get inside, and, and so I had to keep persisting until I got inside. Um, where am I going with this? Yeah. 
So there's, a, there's an obstacle, right? Some could say the obstacle was um, the door was locked. Some could say it was my wife's hard hearing. There, there was an obstacle. And, and I feel like people today, so, some people here today, if you've come to a closed door, right? You've come up against an obstacle right now. There's something in your life where you've come to, towards something. And, and I don't actually think it's the end for you. I don't actually think that's God saying, no, this isn't for you. I actually think God wants you to persist. I think there's actually something on the other side of that door that you need to push for. I think that there's actually victory on the other side, and it belongs to you. It's actually something that belongs to you. It's something that's rightfully yours, but God wants you to persist in order to get there. It would be so sad if you get right up to this door, and the victory is right there, and you stop at the first sign of, oh, well, I guess that's it. I'm done. To get that close and to walk away, but I feel like today God is telling some of us here that there is actually more for you, that there is actually something that you need to, to push a little bit in order to get that you're actually going to pray and you're going to persist and you're actually going to find there's another way, there's another opportunity in order to get in. That it might not be the way that you thought, but there will be a way to get in, to get that victory that you need. I don't know if maybe that victory is healing, something like that, or, or, or something financial or something to do with a relationship, or maybe it's an opportunity of some kind. Maybe it's restoration in a family. I'm not sure what it is, but I know that for, for a lot of us here, we actually just need to push through. A shut door is not necessarily always God's will. It's not always God saying no. Sometimes it's the enemy. Sometimes it's our circumstances trying to stop us from what's rightfully ours. And God wants us to persist this morning. I believe that through the persistent power of prayer that you will find another opportunity, you'll find another way in that you will actually find victory that you're longing for. You'll actually find, maybe it's a dream, maybe it's a desire that you have. And you feel like, oh, well, I guess it's not for me because you know, that's not really working out. But maybe it's actually something that God just wants you to really push for, to actually try for, to actually put something on the line. Maybe you have to take a step of faith. Maybe like Hannah and I, you have to put, go all in, put something on the line and say, okay, I'm in this, I'm invested. God wants us to push in and persist. And I want to see that happen in this place. Sometimes I know that for me, I'm praying and, and I'm not seeing results. Even recently, I was praying for something, and it wasn't happening, and it, and it gets frustrating. It, it can get confusing. It's not that I'm disinterested. It's not that I'm lethargic, but I'm not seeing what I want to see happen just yet. And, and, and the struggle there in that, in that moment is to go to a, to a place where you, you feel like this doesn't work or this isn't working because you're, you're basing your truth off what you're seeing, right? And, and, and I've been realizing I need to stop looking at what's happening and what I'm seeing and, and accepting that as truth and accepting that as as what's supposed to be, and actually to go back to what the Bible says, go back to what the Bible says about who God is. God is a God of the impossible. God is a God who loves us. God is a God who, 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 who performs miracles, who, who is the creator of the entire universe, who, who, who wants to fill people with life and freedom, and, and to go to that place of who He is, and go to a, read, the, read the scripture about who I am, that I am more than a conqueror, that to, to read about that I have victory and I have access to this, to actually go back to the Scripture and actually base my truth and my understanding of what that says, not what I'm seeing in that moment. And to, to let myself, uh, I guess to help myself not go to a place where I'm losing faith, but to continue building my faith even though I'm not seeing results. And that's a real struggle and that's a real challenge. And I think that it kind of gets harder and harder as, as we develop our faith, as we develop our strength, as we, as we become the soldiers and the people that we're supposed to be. God wants us to learn to persist and wants us to, to, to push in and to, to really see victory happen, not just to wait apathetically and hope that something happens, but to really go for it. Does that make sense? 
I need to remind myself that God is bigger. To come to that place, as we sang this morning, of just being still and know that I'm God. You know, that's such an important thing to get to that place where you're like, okay, God, like this is God. God loves me. Like God is huge. To remember who he is and out of that place, that's like the platform from where you launch, right? It's not a place where you just sit and, and wait there forever for something to happen, but that's, God wants you to have that, that time with him, that relationship with him, that, that, that time of presence with him. And from that place, you can actually go out and you can push and you have the strength to see stuff shift. I believe that in this community, we're going to see great and wonderful results, and we're going to see God move like never before. And people are going to ask, how, you know, how, did you, how do you do this? How, what's, it's going to ask Adrian, what's your strategy? And we're just going to say, it's just God. Like, just pray. We've been praying. We can testify to the power of prayer. And people will be like, wow. Like, it's so simple. Sometimes we complicate everything, and we have all these principles and tactics and all of this stuff, but sometimes it's just, I just we're just going to access God and see what He wants to do in this place. We're going, to, we're going to ask for specific things together as a church, and we're going to see God answer those prayers. I believe that God wants to do something incredible. So we're going to get practical here for a sec. We're going to want to be practical as a church in, in doing this, in focusing more on prayer, in, in making it a bigger part of our lives. And so one of the things we're going to do is we've got this little prayer app called Echo, right? And basically what we can do is we can use it to send out prayer requests through the week. And what I like about it is I know it's another app and that part I don't like. But what I do like about it is that it's the fact that it is another app means I can leave notifications on and it's not going to bug me. Like I don't like stuff coming through Facebook. I turn all those notifications off. I, don't, I get too many emails that I'm not checking them. So what I like about this is I can just leave it on and the notifications I get from that app are relevant to what I want to be praying for, right? And so we want to be using this thing. So we're just, it's a free app. You can check it out on the App Store today. It's called Echo Prayer. And you can download that, and you can set up your own prayer things in there, prayer requests, and, and I like it. I use it for myself just to set reminders to pray for certain things throughout the week. Um, and it's cool because once, once you see an answer to prayer, you can actually check it off. And then when you go through at the end of the year or whatever, you can look through all the answered prayers that you've seen, which is kind of cool. Um, but just to be a bit more intentional with my prayer life, and then we as a church are going to send out prayer requests through that app. So you can be praying in that moment, like when something's happening that we're not hearing about it a couple days later or a week later or when we get to our emails or whatever. But in that moment, you can get a text, okay, we're going to pray. And together, all of us collectively as a church praying at the same moment wherever we are, I think that's a really powerful thing. Adrian talked about that when he was, um, I don't know how old you were, teenager, young adult? Yeah, back in the 50s. Um, he was, um, he... Their, their church was praying together corporately, so they would just set a timer on your, your watch, right? So you at, I don't know what time it was, but you'd all set it, what was the time? It was a specific time, wasn't it? It had something to do with the Bible verse, so it was like 10, 12, 12 11, something like that. And so they knew that when it, beep, beep, it would go off at 12, 11, everyone in the church all had this set on their watches, and they would all just start praying in that moment, whatever they were doing. And it was really cool because stuff started to happen and, and they saw results of the, prayer, of the church praying together. Now we have a bit more technology now, we have ability to do a little bit more. So that's essentially what we're doing. We're just using this as a time where we can all pray collectively at the same time, no matter where we are, but we can pray as a church together and see God move. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to start doing prayer meetings, right? And so we're going to come together and we're going to pray and we're going to have the worship team and we're going to praise God and we're going to worship together and we're going to pray corporately together in this place, because I think there's something about physically coming together and praying for things. I know that I, my faith is always built 
and, and I'm always encouraged and I'm challenged and I'm excited to see what's next after, after praying together. And then the last thing is we're going to be praying more in the service, right? So we're going to pray together as a church on Sundays and, and begin to see God move in this place. Does that make sense? Cool. So that's what we're going to be doing as a church. But then in, in your own life, I just want to challenge you, what are you going to commit to praying for? What are you going to persist in praying for in, in your life, in your personal life? Maybe a, a dream that you want to see happen. Maybe it's something you need victory for. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's whatever. What are you going to commit to praying for and continue to pray until you see something happen? And then take that same goal and apply it to the church. What do you want to see in Restore Church, in this community, that you're going to be willing to commit to praying for until you see something happen? Not just to pray about it once or twice or three times a year, but to continue praying for it earnestly and seeking God and, and hungry to see God move. What are you going to pray for? What do you want to see God do in our nation? You know, to pray for those things that have absolutely nothing to do with our own little lives, right? I think so much of the time I'm always praying about things that directly affect me, but what are the things you're praying about that have nothing to do with you? Maybe it's for the persecuted church, maybe it's for whatever, maybe something happening around the world or a friend that you have, or I don't know, but praying for something else that, that won't affect your life, but it's going to totally change someone else's life. What are you going to be praying for? So I encourage you to, to, to find something, to write it down if you have to, to put it in the prayer app and continue to pray until you see something shift. I've got a list of people on my phone and every Wednesday my alarm goes off and I pray for salvation for those people. I was going to keep praying that wherever they are, that God will be speaking to them in that moment. And I believe that that list is going to be empty, that we're going to, I'm going to be able to check people off that list. It's going to be awesome. Who are you going to be praying for? What are you going to be praying for? And we're going, to go, we're going to see this time next year, and we're going to come together, and we're going to have some incredible stories of what God has done this year at Restore Church. Amen? So I hope today your, your faith has been built, or you've been challenged, or you, you feel like, you know, that, that, that this thing, this, this thing we call prayer is actually something that is powerful. It's not just a religious thing. It's not something you have to have all the right words, but it's, it's, it's an incredible opportunity we have to connect with a living God, a living God who wants to move in our lives. So I'm just going to pray for you, and, and then we're going to take communion, and we're, we're going to remember Jesus. We're going to remember who He is. We're going to remember what He's done for us. And then we're going to worship together as a church and start to speak some of those things out. So Lord, I thank you so much for your people, for your church. I thank you that, that we can talk to you right now, that, that you're listening, Holy Spirit, that we don't have to have specific words, but that we can just be ourselves, and you're listening to us. God, I pray that you would build our faith. Jesus, I pray that we would be people who pray persistent prayers, who don't just pray once, God, but we continue to pray, we continue to push until we see something happen. Lord Jesus, would you work in us? Would you stir in our hearts, God? Would you develop more of a hunger in us, God? Jesus, that we would be a church who wants to see you move. We would be a church who wants to see uh, your, your kingdom come, Lord Jesus, to this community around us. Jesus, that we would be a light on a hill that cannot be hidden. Jesus, and we would see incredible things happen. Father, we don't want to settle for less, Jesus, but we want, to, we want to go to the next level. We're ready, Jesus, and we want to step into that. We choose to step in today. Father, would you have your way in every person this week? I pray that you continue to, to teach them the power of prayer as, as they read through your, your word and your truth about what you say, and as they spend those times of just communing with you, of, of spending time in your presence. Would you bring refreshing and fill people with your love. We love you, Jesus. Amen.